to the inaugural first episode here of the full, like the first feature length review, if you will, of South of Normal Reviews with your host Michael Soren, me. Going again, going again with Spider-Man No Way Home, directed by John Watts. He's done every Spider-Man in the Tom Holland run, which I think is a good thing. I think that's better than uh, having multiple directors do the same story arc because um keeps it consistent keeps the um keeps it from being all over the place and messy the auteur's vision if you will i'm gonna get flack for that one from the real critics out there but it's just don't believe me look at the most recent star wars trilogy where you had jj abrams do two out of the three and the middle one just seems off I'm blanking on the guy's name. Pretty sure it has the word rain in it. Um, it wasn't bad. I liked all three of those, but it's just... They were very different from one another, and you could tell. So that's just why I'm, I'm glad Watts carried over across all of them. Now, this one, uh, again, stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, Jacob Bolton, and Bel yeah, Jacob... Battle on through all of them. And pretty much everyone not dead in the multiverse um, was in it. Yeah, Peter Parker just got outed in the last movie. This one's the ramification thing where his world is upside down. And it's not just his world, it's his friends' worlds too. They're getting uh, messed up and out of sorts. Peter Parker turns to Doc Strange to rectify the mistakes he's made as Spider Man to help his friends out. Only problem is, what he's done is open the door to the multiverse and some little devils sneak in. Now he's got to get them back in order to fix everything. But at the same time, his world is shattered. How's he going to fix that? That's what you got to tune in to find out. Um, overall, this movie was brilliant. I loved it. Start to finish. I couldn't have been happier with how this movie turned out. Uh, I didn't even finish my popcorn, folks. I barely touched it, and it wasn't because I wasn't hungry. It was, it, <laughs> I wanted to eat that. I was starving. I just could not take my eyes off the screen long enough to find the bowl on the floor. And I didn't get, like, it wasn't one of those movies where you're just bored. <laughs> Shit's happening in front of me, and I'm out. Better go get more. I'm bored. It wasn't one of those. No, it was just this movie kept you involved from start to finish. It was just, I loved it. So, the game I like to play is I take my little phone here and I start the timer and I put it down at the beginning of the movie. And then if I pick my phone up at any point in time, I stop the timer to see how long it was until I got really bored and just done with the movie. It just is a little fun thing for me to challenge myself to sit through the whole movie without doing it. And, oh, Mike, turn your phone off. And I like to do that. It's just something I do. You can do it too. Post with... Post in the comments where you found you got bored. Um, but in this particular movie, this film, I didn't stop until I got back to the car. I was just blown away and just engrossed the whole time. Which is a feat that seems rare with films nowadays. The overall story arc in this standalone film and the Tom Holland saga, it was great. Uh, it had the ups, it has the downs. This this particular movie got a little heavy, got a little misty-eyed, had to wipe the inside of the glasses off, made the guy next to me a little uncomfortable when I went <laughs> in the middle of the movie. But 
that's what movies are great for. And I want that every time, every movie. I want something like that, some reaction, visceral reaction that makes me feel like I'm a human. <laughs> like not just like bored out of my skull being entertained in an attempt of entertainment for 90 minutes, two hours, well, 180 minutes almost in this case with previews. That's how I was just, I loved it. Loved every second of it, folks. Checking my notes, got the notes. Uh, I will say at times, uh, visual effects got a little heavy, which comes with the territory. Comic book movie, you got all the explosions, you gotta have the fight scenes. Hell, they're in the mirror realm for a little while, you gotta have the craziness. Uh, but I don't, I don't, it didn't deter from the storytelling, it didn't enhance it, it was just visual effects to, because they, they were needed. They kind of, that was, that's kind of where Marvel bridged the gap with visual effects and storytelling is they didn't rely on that to make the movie good. Uh, they're there because it is a comic book movie and in the comic books they're kind of, this weird shit happens that you gotta replicate somehow on screen. But, in the, it was a good, it, they walked the line very well. It did feel heavy at times, it, but again, it didn't deter from the overall story. Had to unlock the notes. Several heavy exposition scenes. It was, I'll give them a pass, but you don't want to rely heavily on the characters just telling you how they feel, telling you about where they came from. Show don't tell is a big thing that you gotta do with movies. Because if people just sit there talking about where they've been, where they're going, how they're feeling, you, it's, you're going to go get your refill. You're going to go to the bathroom. You're going to just check out. You're going to stop that timer on your phone. So, but they, I don't want to give them a pass on everything, but it's just, they did it because the characters come from different timelines. They come from different universes. They're interacting for the first time. They kind of got to get to know each other. So, yeah. Diehards will have seen the other films hundreds of times over. They don't need that little bit. But I don't want to say layman because it kind of seems insulting. But the people are seeing the movie because, hey, Spider-Man grossed a lot of money. Let's go see it. Let's see what's it all about. We don't really know. Well, it kind of helped them out. And help them connect. So, thanks, but there was some heavy exposition, and it didn't. Again, didn't deter. I, I'll give them the pass. I don't want to. I don't want to just be like, here's all the rules. Break them all you want. Do whatever the hell you want. I don't give a shit. But it is what it is at this point. I still love this movie. And you're going to love this movie. Everyone should probably going to love this movie. It was just... They answered Martin Scorsese's challenge of Marvel movies, comic book movies, aren't movies, aren't cinema. They took it to heart and kind of hit it out of the park, in my opinion. Unlock the notes. They had uh, the typical filmmaking ploy, the dramatic scene where the rain falls. Oh no, extra drama. The only thing missing was Spider-Man in a and a white shirt with some revealing uh, see-through nips poking through that get you the PG-13 rating, but stay away from the R if you know what I'm talking about. He was... Eh, it's a trope. It's something that happens in every movie since uh, the dawn of rain. 
the dawn of visual effects in movies. They they make dr dramatic scenes have rain. Dramatic scenes have a woman in a white shirt getting rain down. It's just what's always happened. But, again, didn't deter from anything. Didn't enhance it, really, in my opinion. But didn't deter. Uh, overall, visually stunning is not a word I'd use. Mainly because I kind of saved that for those old westerns where every shot looks like a painting. Um, if you've ever watched old westerns, you're an know, old western diehard, you'll understand what I mean. Uh, even spaghetti westerns kind of copy that motif where every shot is a brilliant painting of the desert landscape and feels visual like you're visually in awe of this move of not the movie of the this shot uh there was no overall heavy effects to make it gritty to make it comic booky to make it different think um 300 or any Zack Snyder movie where he's just overdoes it with the visualizations and just kind of ruins it for me. Uh, didn't do that in this one. Wasn't really needed. Um, they do have a heavy amount of CGI in all these types of movies. Uh, so it's probably just easier to keep it simple. Less expensive in, in a way. More money in the pockets of the people who made it. Sony. Marvel. Like you need more money. But... So yeah, it was it was consistent enough to where it didn't take away. It wasn't like oh the lighting's off here, these colors don't match over here. It was it was good. It was it was what it needed to be. Uh, so that's where I am on that one. The performances, uh, I wouldn't say they're all over the map. There were some very phenomenal. I guess that's a hard that's a big word. Phenomenal's too big. There were some excellent performances in this movie. Holland for one. Uh, enhances the scenes he's in he doesn't deter from them he plays off everyone very well and tries to lift them up um, the emotional journey this film takes wouldn't have been successful without holland's ability to portray what needed to be portrayed uh acting wise however i can't say the same for zendaya and battle on there could they have been switched with different actors would we have noticed would we have cared that's where i'm at with them um, they're fine. They carried their own weight. They didn't bring the movie down. It's just, did they lift it up? Did they bring it over the top? Did they bring this person from over here up? I can't say they did. I really can't. Marissa Tomei was a fine Aunt May. Take that how you will. Um... Happy looked a little worse for wear. I don't know if that was uh, intentional or not. I just realized my collar was jacked. Oops. That's going to happen. Not perfect, folks. Back to the notes. Uh, Cumberbatch as Doc Strange is what you needed. He, he's Doc Strange. Wasn't again. You couldn't replace him at this point. It's not like a whole um, war machine there with... Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, was replaced by Don, Don Cheadle because uh, he he didn't follow the Marvel rules and got kicked out like Ed Norton. Terrence Howard, that's his name. Yeah, he got replaced. Ed Norton got replaced. Like, what'd they do wrong? They didn't follow the Marvel rules. Whatever they were, I'm not going to research it. Not worth my time. Their replacements were just fine. And um, 
you, life went on. Again, could that happen with Zendaya and about, uh, with Ned and uh, MJ in this series? That's like, what, where were your performances? I mean, they're side characters too, so I guess they are replaceable in a way. But not saying they should be replaced. I love them in the roles. I love the casting choices. But in this film, their performances could have been done by just about anybody. Oh, back to F. Back to Marissa Tomei. Yeah, like I said, she was a fine Aunt May. Take that as you will. But how? And guess what? This jackass is about to release hella spoilers. Fast forward or go on to a different episode if you want to see him, folks. D-Bang. Holland did the lifting in the death scene. Holland was the reason I cried in that scene. Not Tomei. She's got her Oscar. Controversial if it is. In any way it is. However you want to say it. Is it controversial? I don't know. My Cousin Vinny is a kind of funny movie. I wouldn't say it's hilarious. I wouldn't say the performances were Oscar-worthy. Tomei's got an Oscar for it. What are you going to do? Got her paid more money throughout her career. Good for her. That's what you want. But man, Andrew Garfield, though, he acted his ass off in this movie. He stole the show in a kind of a way. Like, I didn't expect that. Like, I was glad when he showed up. And then when he started talking and started doing his thing, I was like, fuck, this guy's doing it. I'm buying what he's selling. And then Tobey Maguire showed up like a wet fart. Yeah. I was glad, like, I was glad he came and relieved some tension I had that he wasn't going to show. But then I was just left with this wet mess that I just, like, I just got it to go away. I didn't really care that he was there when he showed up. But he was the first. He was Spider-Man numero uno in the cinematic world. So he's important. Again, I was glad he was there. And in the end, he had a very important moment that helped Tom Holland's Spider-Man grow. So he was important. It was written for him to be important, so there's that. But he... Youth Pastor, for those who have seen it, Youth Pastor. That's what it yeah. was. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't all the Toby lovers out there. Don't, don't poop in my Cheerios, okay? Don't give me. Don't. Like he was, like I said. He was Spider-Man when Sony and Fox and all those new comic books would make him a lot of money. Even if they did try very little. Okay? They saw, like... <laughs> like, X... Like, Spider-Man and X-Men around the same time came out. And... Spider-Man was saved because... Again, Sam Raimi, start to finish, was him. And he's a good filmmaker. So he was able to make good films and... Spider-Man was better than the X-Men series because X-Men had two petter asses trying to make a <laughs> make a film series and while one of the two does a little better and has had some acclaim to their name, 
it's just... And X-Men 3 was awful. It felt like there was a whole third, another like half a movie that needed to be filmed. And Brett Ratner was just like, I'm done pooping, I'm going home. So, it just ruined X-Men. Like, X-Men's so cool. It's one of my favorite comics. It was my favorite cartoon. It was just, and Ratner just Ratnered it up. Like, <laughs> Brett Ratner. Anywho, back to Spider-Man: No Way Home. You had the throw. You had all the villains from the previous. Well, not previous. Multiverse Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and Spider-Man. So you had them: Sands, James Franco's Hobgoblin, and I. And Venom. Yeah, he was the only one I didn't really see. Just despite the Easter egg in the end, where you see Tom Hardy's Venom, not Topher Grace's Venom. Preferably, I'd want a different Venom altogether, but if I had to pick one over the other, maybe Topher Grace's, maybe, but hopefully they just get a whole new Venom, because I love Venom, Carnage, not really excited about the movies that Sony made with them, probably going to be stuck with Tom Hardy if they go that route, I'll have to live with it, but anywho, Alfred Molina comes back as Doc Ock, he seemed over the top, he seemed a bit too much, too crazy, maybe by design, maybe by choice. I mean, I don't know. It's just his over the topness kind of took it away. Kind of like, and that's kind of how his character was, though. He was over the top, he was the first one to show up, but and he was just kind of like, oh, done in the end. He didn't really have, he was just kind of wet farted it up. But Jamie Foxx, he was back. Love Jamie Foxx, uh, especially in a comedic role in Living Color. I'm a diehard. I like that better than SNL when it came out. Uh, so, and Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx in a comedic role will make me laugh no matter what he's doing. Uh, so, was happy to see him in it. Was glad that he made me laugh when I needed to laugh and. He Jamie Foxx did. He was perfect. Uh, yeah, the Lizard and Sandman, they were so unforgettable in their own films. I don't even know who played them now. I can't remember. I can look it up. I just don't care because they were... Uh, eh, they did nothing. They offered nothing in this movie to me. Sandman offered nothing in Spider-Man 3 when it came out. It was just... They caused some inconveniences a couple times, but then easily defeated. Just like, thanks. Thanks for showing up and shitting on my parade. But, yeah, they just, I didn't care. If they weren't there, who cares? If they stayed in the dungeon, oops. Eh. And yet Willem Dafoe back as Green Goblin. That crazy bastard was crazy bastard, man. He is just his face is like his just face helped the craziness, and he delivered with the split personality and all that. It was he was the kind of the main villain in this one, besides Parker against himself and then him and Doc Strange for a little bit, but Dafoe was perfect in his role like that. Kind of made it kind of weird that Defoe and Molina seem so over the top with their portrayals, 
I don't know. Maybe it was written that way. Maybe it was an acting choice. I don't know. Melina kind of too far. Defoe's character needed it. But either way, they were better than Sam and Lizard. Still can't remember who the hell they were. Could check the notes again. Don't care. It just they were forgettable, regrettable. Me, not regrettable. They, I guess they were needed in this, but not not by me. So in the end, um, I love this movie. I'll see it again and again and again. It was Marvel just keeps raising the bar with important characters. Hopefully they can do that with the subsidiary. Subsidiary? Sub-characters who we know little about. I mean, their series on... this three series I've seen watched so far. Is, um, the three series, WandaVision, Loki, and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, have all were all good in their own right. Loki was by far the best of the three, followed by WandaVision. Um... Yeah, hopefully people can start buying into these. I don't agree with Emily Blunt saying that the superhero movie has played its course. Yes, it is a little overplayed, but it hasn't played its course, especially when films like this come out in this superhero genre. Um, so we'll see. There's Oscar buzz about this one. If someone wins an Oscar for this movie, it'll kind of reopen that door to un to legitimacy. There is the issue of major established stars taking on roles in comic book superhero movies and uh, ruining it. I don't have an example of that off the top of my head, but it is a fear of mine. Someone who thinks it's just, oh, it's going to get a lot of money, I'll get the percentage points and make some bank. I don't have to try very hard. That is a fear. Hope so far it hasn't really happened in the MCU, but it is a fear of mine. So yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home was just amazing story with great characters. Recommend it highly. Go see it. Even though I said I wouldn't persuade you to do it, I think you should go see this movie. So that is the take I have for you in this inaugural episode. This is a must-see in my opinion. I don't have my two thumbs up, my five stars, ten stars, whatever. I haven't come up with that yet. I'll think of something. I'll come up with something. Maybe. Or I'll just steal it. Well, not steal it. I'll reboot it like Hollywood likes to do with everything lately. But I want to say see you at the movies, but that's been taken. So... Get out there and watch some movies. Let me know what you think. Subscribe below. Oh, that's wherever the button is. I haven't put it on the screen yet. Give it a like. Follow this. I'll read the comments. And if you had a movie that you want me to review, drop it in the comments. We'll see what we can do. Thanks for watching, you guys. See you next time when I review Don't Look Up. Thanks for listening to the South of Normal podcast here. Um, shoot me a voice message and I'll be sure to answer and address it in my next show. 
You can always head over to my YouTube page, search for South of Normal, to watch the videos of these episodes. You guys have been great. I'm Michael Soren. Thanks for listening to South of Normal Reviews.